and welcome to this week's episode of Talk Safe with your host, me, Jess, and unfortunately, without my co-host, Emma. Uh, she is in full baby mode at the minute. Uh, she has had her beautiful little boy, Monty, uh, so congratulations goes out to Emma. But fear not, I am joined by the lovely Olivia. Uh, you may know her or have seen her pop up on our Instagram page. Uh, she is the co-founder of The Visible Platform, which is an amazing uh, website, which is all about helping women on public transport. Uh, so without further ado, let me introduce to you Olivia. And uh, Olivia, tell us a little bit about the Visible Platform, which myself and Emma both absolutely love. Hello. Um, hi, Jess. Thank you so much for having me on and um, like setting so much. Congratulations to uh, Emma if she's listening. That's so exciting. Um, yeah, so yeah, as Jess kind of summarised, we are I'm the co-founder of Visible Platform. Um, we are all about making it as easy to report harassment on public transport um, as possible. Um, we think that this happens so often um, to the point of normalization and underreporting is so high. Um, so we wanted to really create something that was made for women, for women who've been harassed and was really tailored to them. Um, we want to make women safer and we think this is a big part of it. Perfect, no, I absolutely love that. Now. I, as a woman, we have all had that feeling when we're on public transport, whether we're on a train, a bus when we were younger, uh, the tube, where, you know, we have sat as far away from other people as we can. You know, you sort of try and take a window seat, try not to be seen. I mean, I've done it plenty of times. Uh, when I used to visit my dad, I would you know, get the train across the country and I would do it alone from about 14, I think. Um, and it was always built into me, not from what I was taught, strangely enough. I think it's, I think it is a little bit actually from what you are taught growing up, but sort of it's the street sense that you get naturally. Um, so for me, I was always on edge and always sort of, you know, trying to protect myself as much as possible, not making eye contact with people. Now, there must be a reason why you decided to create the visible platform so is there a story that you can tell us or are there any experiences that you've had personally yeah um i think firstly of what you were saying like even though no one sits down and really says to a teenage girl like how to behave on the tube it's it's in all the interactions that we're taught like how we experience public life in general like what you're told like oh, you shouldn't wear something too short because, you know, you never know, you might be, those those classic words, you may be asking for it. And I think it's all of those stories and rhetoric that go into how we travel and experience public life in general. <clears throat> in terms of, like, a finding story, um, I think, you know, I've been living in London for, like, six to seven years um, and just so many of my as you said as women we've all experienced it and I think you know it's such an easy thing to say like oh we've all experienced it but there was getting to this point where just if we, I felt like my friends or colleagues were talking about it so regularly and um no one was reporting it and it just felt like it was happening so much and there was nothing we could really do and then I was on the tube um going to the airport um and I had a suitcase with me and it was like really packed this was pre-pandemic when we were in each other's armpits 
and this man just started like leering at me and licking his lips and like pretending to take a phone call and like just talking quite loudly about like who he was standing beside and you know someone offered him a seat further away but he was like no no and just stayed really close and I I remember just putting my suitcase in between us um and just kind of like trying to look at the ground or trying to like just look out the window and pretend that it wasn't happening um and I think you know I came out of that um and you know from all my friends who it's happened to and I've asked them if they reported it and I just I didn't want to report it because I was like I don't know what the police could do like I don't think there was any CCTV if there were all they'd see is a man and woman standing beside each other you know you can't see someone staring at someone from that um and I just felt really violated but I knew that I hadn't been harmed um and that forever you know the oh well it could have been worse rhetoric like oh, all of those going through my mind so I just rang my best friend just to vent and to get it out of my system and you know for to hear someone be like oh that's gross and we spoke about it and you know we were like oh, I just wish there was somewhere that women could you know do this that you don't have to ring your best friend you can report it and it's registered and we know what happened and it gets out of your system but then you can go on with your day um and I said that to Kate and Kate was like well let's make that um and it's been her kind of drive um to make us actually create this platform that we wanted and we wished had existed for us Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And do you know, from what you were saying as well, when it was like, you know, you come out of it and, you know, you, you're not harmed, but you know you've been violated. And mm. I've been in that position personally so many times. And I think there's an element within women where they know it's wrong and they know they felt they feel uncomfortable, but you almost don't know, like, is it something that I should report? Is it something I can report? You know, is it worth me reporting? And the answer is yes. And it's so incredible that this platform does exist. Uh, and, and that, you know, you are sort of giving clear guidance to women on yes, you, you know, even though it might seem minute to you, because you've not been physically assaulted, you know, you've not been raped, you've not but you've been, it, it still is a, an assault of sorts. And I think we as women know that. And we know that other women, like you said, you've called a friend. You know, our friends understand that because they've been in similar situations. But I think that it's not talked about as widely as it should be. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Have you had people come to you sort of saying, well, I've had this, but I'm not sure whether, like you said, we can do anything about it or if it's even bother, if I should even bother mentioning it to anyone. Am I wasting police's time? Am I wasting somebody else's time? I think what you said about, you know, we know it's, we know that it's wrong. Like we know that the answer is we have been violated, but really like, we know how to say that to each other, but we've never been shown that through the justice system. We've never shown that people have had consequences for these things. Um, and I think that's the rhetoric and like that's the view of society that we are so, that we live in. Um, so like we think what, you know, we go to ourselves, what's the point in reporting? Because there are so many stories of people who have reported and nothing has happened or they can't do anything. Um, and going through that reporting um, process and like reliving something that is potentially traumatic for it to, to not end in any policy change or any conviction or any 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 result depending on what happened um, 
is the prevalent uh, tra- uh, trend. And I think that's what's really difficult. Um, we really do try to, like part of Visible Platform isn't just what we're creating. It's not just the reporting feature. It's also like tools and resources that you can see in our blog. And we really try to um, communicate that. Like we've got all these things like what counts as harassment and like, what do you do? And like trying to just have that conversation really openly and be somewhere like these, these resources don't exist in a really easy, accessible manner. And I think that's what we've been really, what Visible Platform's all about is like finding women where they are and being really easy to access because there's no, there's no point if someone has to report something and they have to trawl through like pages of Google to try and find an answer. So we really want to be like a thought leader in that. Um, and just a support, like the same way that you would go to like a best friend or a sister. That's what Visible Platform is, what we're trying to be is like your big sister. Like you go to her and you trust her and you think that like she's smart and she is educated and that's what we're trying to be to anyone who has been harassed. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think it's a tool that all women should at least save in their browsers, bookmark it, save it, because you never know when it could come in useful. I mean, for me, on my, uh, whether I'm using Chrome, Safari or whatever, I, my little tip for the day, I always tend to um, sort of save my most used websites or websites that I think are important, but I'm not necessarily going to remember the URL. So, this one, um, I would definitely add to your favourites. I mean, it's very, very easy to find. Um, the website is uh, visibleplatform.org, if I'm not mistaken. Fabulous. <laughs> I've passed the test. And you know what? I actually remember it as well. Um, since since hearing about the Visible Platform, I, I, it has just stuck in my head, which is great that you've got such an easy to remember website. Um, but girls, ladies, please do, um, please do favourite it or make a mental note. If you are, if you do find yourself um, on public transport, um, you know, on the tube and something has happened, no matter how big or small, if you're going away from that feeling violated, feeling uncomfortable, then something has happened which is not right. And it is not your fault. You're not, um, you know, you're not making mountains out of molehills, which I think is very important to understand. And I think more importantly, I mean, at WalkSafe, um, we deal a lot with sort of post-crime data. So for our app, obviously, um, those who have downloaded it will know that we map crime data um, based on location. So, you know, you can zoom in and out of any city, any street, uh, any town, village, wherever you are, and you'll be able to see a up-to-date um, report of where crime has happened. So for just the fact that you are reporting this, it helps organisations such as WalkSafe. You know, it helps the government to understand how often this is happening. Now, you know, the likes of Olivia and myself and, you know, all these other fantastic organisations who are trying to make a difference in the world in the world and make, you know, the streets and, you know, public transport a safer space. We can't do that without, you know, we, we can't change government <laughs> policies, um, you know, it is as much as, you know, we are try- all trying our very best to do the right things. There, there are some things that are out of our control. Um, so actually logging and being part of the st- statistics, um, you know, just helps the government to understand, the police to understand actually how often this is happening and actually, you know, what a problem this is. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Olivia? Like. That's so much what Visible was founded 
on. Um, and I was just um, thinking about a quote that um, I think it's featured in Invisible Woman by Carolina Criado Perez. Um, but it's by, um, and I really don't want to butcher her name, but it's Natar Ajan et al. Um, and it says, if, if it were easier for victims to make a formal complaint, this might substantially increase the volume of reported incidents, which in turn could lead the authorities to take the problem more seriously. And I think, you know, we'll put the details to that um, paper and report in the podcast. I'm Absolutely. Sure <laughs> that, um, that's really, I think that's such a powerful statement and really summarizes up what we're trying to do if, if it's easier for people to report and like design for you to report like it's not it's not you going out of your way and you you've already been harassed like you're already feeling like a bit crap and you don't want to then go through a reporting system where people are potentially you know asking you is it serious and all of these questions that make you kind of doubt yourself and um, I think the um uh, sex education season two there's a plot line in it where uh, one of the girls gets assaulted on a bus. And I just think it was a really, really powerful plot line um, because, you know, she does go to report it and the police there aren't nasty to her. They're not, you know, they're not cartoonish bad guys. Like they're, they are trying to help, but they're very realistic asking the questions that she'd be asked in court that aren't nice. They're, you know, asking, did you do anything that might have, led him to do it and like what kind of question is that I like, mean been... that question just should not exist this is the problem um and I mean I get why it's sort of has... yeah I do get why it has to be asked but that question alone it you know if I just really strongly disagree with that I mean just because we know that you know we do all we can as women to avoid this happening whether it is you know sort of showing signs you know subtly because you know it's not always safe for us to say no I'm not interested get away and you know even if when we do say that uh, you know half the time it doesn't make a difference anyway half the time you know we've seen reports where people have you know they've written what's happened to them and they'll still mention you know that I was wearing a long coat and like you know you're still like I did everything right and it still happened this is it and actually the thing is as women it shouldn't be our responsibility I'm a very firm believer that it's not our responsibility regardless of what you're wearing regardless of you know where you may be looking uh, it is not unless we have directly said we would like this it is not acceptable and you know it's it's a case of people not respecting other people's boundaries and you know and maybe I'm not and I, I sort of think that they're not reading or listening to body language you know I think there should be a real education and it is just the basics that you think that everyone should know you know you think that you know just by looking away not making eye contact avoiding eye contact you know in body language they're turning away from you they're literally repelling you as much as possible you should be able to read these signs and think okay at this point she's clearly not interested or he's clearly not interested let's not be gender specific here um i'm going to back off and you know that is what it takes that's all it takes really and you know we've talked a lot on this podcast where you know, we need to educate our children about this, um, you know, where schools need to be more involved. I think, you know, really, there are lots of different industries that need to take responsibility from school to, you know, police to the government. I just, you know, it's, 
it's a lot bigger than just one thing. It's something that's been ingrained and has been going on for generations. These aren't new problems that are cropping up. Um, we're only just now sort of talking about them and trying, and enough's enough. I mean, I don't know about you, but I definitely feel at this point that enough is enough. I mean, it absolutely is. And I just, what you were saying there about, you know, reading body language, I think it is, it is important that, um, I'm so sorry we're literally in the middle of a podcast my little dog is going crazy because I'm moving house and having a bed delivered uh, just leave it there it's absolutely fine so so sorry <laughs> hopefully our lovely editor can just edit this out which I'm sure he'll be able to. Um, so I'll tell you what, we will start literally from where I left off. So yeah. sorry, Olivia, if you could just rephrase that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, what you're saying about reading body language and like the education piece is so important. But I think it's also very important to recognize that a lot of people, you know, go on like harassment on public transport is so unique because you're trapped in a kind of metal container um and i think a lot of people target people when they're on public transport they're not looking to read body language they're not looking to make a connection you know that's one half of this maybe that's something that people are trying to do and they like that is an absolute education piece but there are people that go out of their way to target people on public transport and it's a power trip and to feel like they are making someone uncomfortable like we see you know we've had reports of people masturbating on the tube oh, or masturbating at a bus stop when you're when you're by yourself when a woman is by herself and a man starts masturbating beside her that's not to you know turn someone on or to maybe get a smile out of them that is to make them feel uncomfortable and to make yourself feel more powerful and i think that's something that again we need to talk about and really show that authorities are taking seriously and if a woman goes you know they're not going to be asked well were you hurt you know you have to realize that these are really really important traumatic events oh absolutely they totally are and this is the thing yeah it does happen you may think you know like you said somebody masturbating next to you like you might think oh god you know that's that's quite funny or god that would never happen it does happen and it happens a lot more than you think i mean i'm luckily enough it's never happened to me um but whether it'll happen in the future i mean you know who knows it is something that happens more often than you would think and not only that i think you're totally right it is a power play some people will just you know it, it's a hobby to them almost it's you know it, i mean i think that there is a men mental health issues involved here as well um and i definitely do think that people you know like that do have some sort of mental problem whether that's you know as a result of you know childhood trauma or whatever however you know it's still behavior that is not acceptable and you know, we you know women do have the right to, to feel safe and i do think there is a disconnect between between men and women really in terms of i don't think men really understand you know what we're trying to say um purely because they've not been in this situation you know they've not they've not been conditioned to 
you know, do all of these very subtle things, you know, like we were saying before, eye, eye contact, you know, sitting away from someone. They don't, they've never had to do that. So when you've not been in that situation, it's, it's difficult. Men, it ha- I think what's really important as well is that when it does happen to women, it's usually not when they're with the man. Yes, this is it, so exactly. You have to deal, you know, even like my partner, obviously, I think he's brilliant. But we go for walks and, we, you know, nothing will happen. And I'll go for a walk by myself and I'm immediately catcalled. And he only sees it through me telling him that that's happening. Yeah. Um, and that's the only way that a lot of, you know, obviously on public transport, people may witness it. But if there are other people around or if I'm traveling with another man, um, it won't happen. So when we've tried to explain for the road trip platform to a lot of men, you know, a lot of the responses oh is it actually that common and you're like yes but yes not this is people do it when you're not looking you know and I think that's that's so important so it's so much trust has to be like giving power to the woman's voice and that's again why visible platform is so important because we're making we're creating a record of what's happening and we're creating the thing where no one is going to question you or um, undermine your experience or ask you like oh are you sure it happened you know you're just telling us what happened and this is a record and no one is going to doubt that and you don't have to qualify anything. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, the same with my other half. I think, you know, when I tell, you know, when I have these conversations with him, you know, it's something that we have debated quite quite a few times, really. You know, we've spent hours sat at the table sort of, you know, discussing that and sometimes got quite heated as well. And it is definitely a case of, you know, them not understand them not understanding and just sort of hearing through us and you know when you're hearing a story through somebody else regardless if it's on safety or you know any other subject you do always have an element of thinking oh is it really as bad as they make out to be and I mean the short answer is yes you know we're not milking these things and you know and, and I think the other thing is because these issues to them probably seem so absurd like I can't believe that this is happening you know they they'll be like I, they can't believe that this is happening and you know they they can't quite understand how somebody would act that way. Um, you know, well, you know, I can't speak for all men. I said not all men, but you know, so you know the likes of I'm sure your your other half and my other half. Um, you know, they very much are sort of in that line of I can't I can't understand why this is happened. This has happened, and you know, is it you know are you sort of making it out to be something it's not? And I. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of variables in there, but I think unless you've been in that situation, as ninety nine point nine percent of women have been, it is very difficult to understand. And and you know, it's that age old thing where men don't understand women and women don't un- always understand men. Um, you know, this is just sort of one like of them. One of there's like you know our our partners understanding it, which you know that's one piece of it, mm-hmm. but. The reason that's important is because when you look at transport authorities or you look at government and when the people making the decisions are all men, men <laughs> this, is same, this is the same thing. So you're trying to tell them that this is happening and trying to paint a picture of it. And there's one thing like your partner who you trust and they like will believe you and understand you. If you go to government and be like, look, I'm telling you this happens. Um, like that's why data is so important. We're not just telling you a story. We are showing you the data that this is happening and how often this is happening um so it will be taken seriously because they won't see it otherwise no absolutely this is it and 
I think another thing is, and you are right, I mean, the people making the decisions at the top, most of the time, unfortunately, they are men. And, you know, trying to, you know, coming to them with this information and them sort of knowing how to, you know, what to do with that information, I think, and how is it's very difficult. And, I, you know, I don't envy, you know, the ones at the top who are having to make those decisions and, you know, who are sort of given these problems to come up with a solution for. Um, and my advice to them personally is, you know, speak speak to a woman. You know, if you're, it is very difficult in terms of women's safety, and we find this at Walk Safe as an industry. You know, it is very much, you know, we've we've created the app to help all people. Um, well, not me personally, but Emma, <laughs> Emma, and you know, her family. They originally created Walk Safe to help people, and it's not just women. It is to help all people, whether it's you know, young adults, women, uh, you know, we don't exclude anyone, you know, even men, especially sort of uh, the LGBT community. I think it's very, very useful for them as well. I know, you know, from, from friends I have um, who are part of that community, they have suffered, you know, just as much as women have um, you know, in slightly different ways. And, you know, we, we're not trying to make it just for women, um, but, you know, let's be honest, 90% of the user base are female. And it's because we're the ones who know when we go out we're not safe. And you know, ultimately, men when they go out, they don't think about these things because they don't need to. They never have done. And it's great that they haven't. Uh, but it would be nice, I think, if women and you know those other minorities were able to feel the same way, which unfortunately isn't happening in this world. I sort of feel like this podcast is definitely a putting the world to Ryan's podcast, <laughs> but definitely needed. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts in terms of going forward with Visible Platform? What would you like to sort of see from, you know, obviously from the organization? I think we just are focusing on growing it and making sure that it is as accessible to as many people as possible. And um, there's one thing like Googling, you know, we're already a step ahead of a tech service, which currently exists on the tube, which obviously you can't use when you're underground so we're really trying to you know, that's why we built it as a website and um, we're trying to expand you know we already offer it in many cities across the UK um, and we just want to really gather as much information to figure out where we are needed so we can um, create a base there um, and we want to just be like working with rail operators we want to work with the British Transport Police and just make sure that this is a really holistic approach to solving this issue rather than and us just shouting what is happening to an abyss you know we are really trying to be collaborative with the places that people travel we're talking to rail operators and making sure that we are working with them and not against and I think you know that's the way that we can get people you know the same way that you would use city mapper on your on your daily commute um, or use google maps we want um, visible platform to be something that's really easy for everyone to access and use um, because we don't want this to be another step that you have to do whenever if something bad happens and um, so I think that's really where we're going no absolutely I totally agree um, you know the for me the more people that know about it the better uh, and as I said the more that people can add uh, you know their own experiences the better as well now with visible platform is it something that it's sort of you know something that you you just sort of log as and when it's happened or what happens with historical data? What about those mm. listeners who have had something happen to them? They can maybe roughly remember, you know, the month or the year that it's happened. Mm. Are they still able to log? We accept 
all incidents we've really tried to uh, iterate our report form to make it as simple and as quick for people using it and um, but at the core of our ethos is that it doesn't matter where it happened it doesn't matter when it happened it doesn't matter what happened we accept everything we've tried to leave the form quite broad and um, so we really let it be your report um we ask if it did happen in london because that's where we started we have a little bit more direct questions about the tube and the line and and um, the station but other than that um we are quite open-ended we ask you where it happened what station it happened and when it happened you can report it as and when it's happening um, and we've got some questions that you'll be asked to really help you um report the most useful information you know there there's a limit as to what how often there's a limit to how often they keep cctv in in not just tube stations but in stations in general so if it is happening now the questions we'll ask will be helping you fill out that report so it is really useful if you do wish to then take that on to the police then you'll have this report rather than trying to re-remember details that might be useful um but equally if this if something happened to you a month ago five years ago ten years ago and you felt like you haven't had a place to report it we have a whole host of those as well we let you report anything just so there's a record to show how often this happened and um, we had a report that happened from 40 years ago oh, wow. um, when the person was 16 um, and I think like that just shows that this is there is like that is needed because there has been such a icuna up till now of places that you could mm -hmm. do that um, and I think even though you know we won't be able to say you know, give that report to your police and be like find a conviction we are showing that like this happened and that still deserves to be recognized that doesn't make your story any less we just recognize that people are getting different things out of when they report like you're reporting it as and when it happened you may want to report it to your police and try and get a conviction or get something done and that's why the questions are slightly different but the ethos is the same any report is accepted that's absolutely brilliant and i think that's a great thing to take away you know for all those listeners if something has happened to you whether it is as olivia said 40 years ago or you know two months ago two years ago do report it i mean as i said you may not always be able to take it to the police you may not want to take it to the police um mm. but you know please you know just take a few minutes to fill these forms out um you know if anything what it's doing is highlighting exactly how often this happens and this is what we need we need people to be um logging that something has happened because you know by you reporting it and you know by you know the amount of people everywhere reporting it it's you know it, it's like signing a petition you know the more people that can get involved the quicker change will happen and i think that mm -hmm. is you know very much the same here you know it might you know it, you never know it can it could help to change the policies you know in a in a month's time in a year's time regardless it's you know helping future women to stay safe and to feel comfortable and i think that's ultimately all of our goals really it was certainly our goal when we created taught safe um and certainly emma's goal uh, when she uh, when they came up with the walk safe idea and the whole team behind walk safe it was to make a difference and to stop women from feeling unsafe and as i said not just women but it's to stop people in general from feeling unsafe um there is there's so much going on in this world there's so many awful headlines coming up um you know from sarah everard and every time i open the daily mail 
I seem to see a different headline. And it's not just in the UK, it's globally. It is a real problem globally. I mean, in terms of visible platform, have you ever thought about um, sort of going a bit international with it? Absolutely. And I should also say, just on the whole gathering all reports, we do also accept witnesses. So I know that I've definitely been in that position where you've seen something happen, but you don't know whether or not, you know, you don't want to intrude in case you make it worse. Mm -hmm. um, like loads of things like that. So we all, we also accept if you've seen something happen, just to also kind of gather how often it's happening and um, we'll reflect that. Um, in terms of international, absolutely. I think, um, you know, this happens everywhere in the world and places that, you know, at least we have a vocabulary to talk about, um, you know, uh, the patriarchy. And there is such, I think, support you know we are still this is still happening but we can talk about it and I feel like there is like especially after Sarah Everett there is so much um uh like there was like so much energy behind that whether that was just a trend there was still energy behind it and um, so I think there's there's so much potential for this to go international and um, I think we're really focused on like providing the best service for women that we can so we wouldn't want to go international without having perfected our platform and really got the support behind it and resource behind it Absolutely. to make it good and useful because everywhere will require a different service not it's not going to be what works for one country works for all mm -hmm. um, and we really want to make sure that we've done our research like we're really research-led um, and we don't do anything just because we think it's a good idea like mm -hmm. we really really go into our assumptions and really think about what do the people who we are serving need and um, so while we would love to go into different countries that's definitely something that is a long-term goal and we really want to perfect what we're doing here before we try and like just put something out there that isn't going to help people with what they actually need no i completely agree that's it and i think you know the future the, the future of uh, of women's safety is, is hopefully global <laughs> Um, and I'm sure in all in good time, um, you know, we, it will be available in more countries. But, you know, it's great that, you know, we have something here that, you know, can go towards helping understand whether it's, as I said, helping the government to understand how much this is happening, helping, you know, local authorities, helping, you know, the transport systems. Yeah, the fact is it does happen. It has been happening for so, so, so long. You know, I mean, I'm sure it, it's generational. I'm sure if we t talk to our parents about it, you know, even our grandparents, there's there's always been, you know, an undertone of uh, women's safety. And, you know, the great thing about technology improving is that, you know, we do have more tools and resources available to us, um, you know, whether that's a visible platform, whether it's WalkSafe or, you know, many other things that are available out there, which is great, but... Unfortunately, it doesn't stop the problem. All it does is, is so it, it, help, it helps, it helps, it helps. I, I never like to use the term victim. Um, and we've sort of discussed this on an earlier podcast because, you know, I've had it happen to me and I don't feel like a victim at all. Um, so being labelled with a, as a victim, I think is quite a harsh term. Um, we've we've, uh, we've we've chatted about you know the, the different terms that we use well, i mean what are the types of terms that you use um for those who have been you know who've had experiences um we always talk about our users as targets um, and yeah. to really really think about that you know you haven't 
done anything wrong. Like there isn't like if you had left five minutes later or earlier, or if you had worn a longer coat, like mm -hmm. it isn't because you're a victim and you were in the wrong time at the wrong place. You know, you were targeted. Um, and I think that's something that we really want our users to believe. Um, and, you know, without labeling, because I think victim is such a powerful word and um, that is placed on people a lot and there's a lot of emotions that go into that and I think just as we said like I think it's just really important to realize that people go out of their way to target women and I think that's the that's the message we really want to hit home when we refer to our you know the women on our platform as people who have been targeted I love um, that I love that and that's so true it is target is actually the perfect word you have been targeted it's nothing that you've you know you, it's nothing you've said it's nothing you've done it's it's you know it's not the way that you're dressed it's not who you've looked at you have been singled out um you know it, it is as random as an eeny meeny miny mo sometimes yeah. i'm sure um but yeah it is i think it is very important for everyone to note that you know, if this has happened to you or um you know somebody that you know that you know, the blame doesn't lie with you ultimately the blame lies with the perpetrator who has actively gone out of their way to act in a way which is you know making you uncomfortable which is uh you know not respecting your boundaries i think ultimately it does come down to a lack of respect it's not yeah. respecting your personal space not respecting you know your basic human rights really if we're sort of getting down to the nitty-gritty and um, you know again it does it, it happens a lot more than you think um and i think the more we talk about these issues the more we raise awareness of them i think the the less hopefully the less it will happen um and i do think you know it does it takes a community to to sort of band together and say this is not okay for it to happen uh, so hopefully uh, between all of our communities we can all stand up together and sort of say this is not okay um especially for the young young adults there i mean i don't know about you olivia but uh, myself and emma have often said when we were younger we definitely even though we sort of did have the street smarts of you know knowing sort of not to put ourselves in danger we didn't have the confidence that we do now as 30 somethings to sort of say no and you know sort of back off and i'm not comfortable by this have you noticed yourself that has it maybe come to you more as you've got older? Or is it something that's always been ingrained in you? Definitely as I've gotten older um, and like had so many powerful women around me who, you know, we support each other in all of these. As you said, it's a community and we're in a community of women who we have these conversations and we support each other. And I know that I have people who have my back. Um, and I think, you know, it's not that that wasn't there when I was younger, but I think, as I said, towards the beginning we're just the the society that we live in is so tailored to the male gaze and that really impacts young women as they're walking about and um, I think you know, we have like the schoolgirl fetish and everything like that and I think um how can you expect a young girl like they are a child you know mm -hmm. it's and I think that's what's so easy to forget that these are children that this is happening to and you can't expect a child to say like go away to an adult like that is terrifying for me as an adult go on the tube let alone like a, a 
child on the street if this is happening. Um, and I think, as I said, you know, we have had, you know, Me Too movement and we have had, you know, post Sarah Everard and it is, there, there are, there is more energy in these conversations and I hope it does lead to actual real change and not just a kind of, um, social media movement it, it, it hopefully will lead to change but I think you know we have seen I think like the Me Too movement was a massive part of our culture and that happened after we were children so I don't know maybe maybe a, maybe a teenager now has a lot more resources than we did but I still think no matter how many resources you give them we have to remember that it is happening to children um, and we need to yeah it's it's not up for the child to protect themselves it's for us adults and it's not just for us in our communities it's for government and um education to figure out what we're doing and again i think working holistically is so important because i think because there is a lack of this coming from the top it's all these communities forming um, and doing it themselves absolutely no i i so agree and you know thinking back I mean, the worrying thing is, I have to say, I was definitely catcalled a lot more from the ages of, I don't know, 13 to 16 than I have been as an adult. And I, you can't say that that's because you're growing older, because I, I don't really look, I mean, I probably, I definitely do now that I'm 30, but I <laughs> definitely, you know, my looks did not really change from, you know, being a teenager up until sort of my early to mid 20s. So the fact that, you know, I... I, and I'm sure other people can sort of look back and feel the same that they were catcalled more from an earlier age. I do think that that says something, um, you know, as you were saying about the power aspect. I mean, these perpetrators, you know, they're definitely singling out sort of what they, they're considering to be the weak ones, whether it's, you know, they think you're weak because you're on your own on public transport or they think you're weak because you're young it's you know it's sort of that primal um you know it's really like watching a david attenborough documentary when you see that the babies are all getting eaten by the cheetahs and the lions it sort of feels very very similar to that which is quite worrying really um so i think i think you're absolutely right when you say you know it is something that you know we do need to protect our young um you know we need to protect it because they're going out in the world for the first time um you know especially as a teenager they are you know, this is the first time they're, they're being given a little bit more freedom, yeah, and a little bit more responsibility to go out on their own. And there is a reason for that. And the reason is because as parents, we know that, you know, they're not safe. So, you know, tools like Walk Safe work great. I mean, educating your children that there is the visible platform is another great, great thing to do. And as I said, the more people that know about it, the better. And it's not just about women, it is about young adults as well. Um, they're equally, I mean, all people are equally as important, important, but we do need to think about, you know, as I said, the, the most vulnerable. Um, so you know, if you are a parent and you do have, you know, your children going out for the first time, they are sort of, you know, finding their place in the world for the first time. Maybe they're starting to go shopping with their friends on their own um, or, you know, they're, they're going out to, I don't know, they're even going to school, to be honest, um, you know, especially those in city areas that maybe do have to get tubes or whatever to get to school. But please do tell them about the visible platform and walk safe whilst you're at it. Um, so God, we've, we've gone on for quite a while now. Um, so Olivia, we always like to finish off our podcast with three questions about the past, the present and the future. 
So I'm going to fire them at you now. Now our first one takes us back. Oh, quick thinking. Oh, it is your quick thinking. Oh no, no, there's no right or wrong answers here, but we do like <laughs> to get we do like to get everyone's insights. Uh, so, firstly, what we would like to ask is, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, my younger self. I think I always think about, um, I de definitely think to just enjoy where you're at. And I think we are so driven by, I'll be happy when. And that question of like, when I get there, that's when I can relax or that's when I can be happy. Um, so I think just telling her like not to lose her ambition, but just to take a moment and enjoy where she is. There's so many, you know, I, I always think about like little Liv and um, I think I've probably said this before, but I always think of when I, you know, there was time I, after work one day, I sat and like, a rooftop bar with my brother and we could see like Wicked the musical that oh, was like yeah. in Victoria um, and like I used to be obsessed with Wicked when I was growing up um, so I just had a moment there where I was like if I could tell 10 year old Liv that she was like going for a drink with her big brother and like they were just looking at Wicked downstairs and like that was her life like she'd be like oh wow that's so cool and I think just giving yourself a break and letting that, yeah, just letting you enjoy, look around with what you've got at the moment and just really try and like take, yeah, enjoy where you are rather than keep on pushing forward. I love that. And I think that's good advice all around. It's enjoy the now and you know, enjoy the little things um, and don't take life too seriously. And, and more, you know, sort of more importantly, don't base your happiness on the future and enjoy the present which actually does lead me to the present question, <laughs> literally, which is, where do you feel the safest? Mm. Could be a place, like it could be changes. around certain people. This changes on a daily basis, I think, depending on where, how, what side of the bed I get on. Um, I definitely feel the safest with like my best friends and my partner. And I just think of, I feel very lucky to have like a good support network um, and just think we've been through every ringer of a year of not being able to see um, our best friends in many circumstances. So now that um, we are able to start seeing each other again, um, that's amazing. Oh, that's such a lovely answer. I think for me, mine, um, which I've said a few times, is being at home. And I think that's probably because of COVID as well. I think because we're so used to being at home, it's definitely, you sort of definitely um, put yourself in sort of this little bubble of, you know, protectiveness. And you sort of almost like, I don't want to leave the house anymore. <laughs> well, so I'm not that bad, luckily. Um, for me, I'm definitely a bit of a homebird, especially being pregnant at the moment. You get tired mm -hmm. so easily. I can't be too far away from my bed because I'm constantly needing to nap. One time. Like the baby just needs to sleep. I'm hoping she'll be like that when she gets out. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> she's not just looking up for it now. I know, or it'll be I'm going to sleep forever, mom, yeah. and then when I come out, I'm just going to be an absolute nightmare. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> That's what sounds more realistic to me. <laughs> now, if we look into the future now, finally, we got our little crystal balls out. What change would you like to see in the future? I mean, you know, that's from, I think, because we're talking talking a lot about women's safety what is the change that you would like to see 
you know, within women and within sort of the safety industry? I think, um, like, looking to education and just really seeing that, I've used the word holistic a lot now, probably it's my word of the day, but just seeing that this is something that we are working for together. This isn't just women fighting for women's safety or just um, people in the LGBT LGBT (laughs) community fighting for their safety. You know, it is it shouldn't just be up for minorities to fight for their own rights and I think it should be a collective effort that we want everyone to be safer and I think the younger that that starts the um the more it likely is to drip down into later generations absolutely I could not agree I think my word of the day is absolutely it seems to be saying it a lot just because I'm literally agreeing so much with everything that you're saying I feel like we're just totally on the same page um yeah I think we're, we're probably both very passionate about you know the safety issue it's something that you know we have been working towards in separate ways um you know with the same goal so it's been really really yeah. lovely to speak to somebody you know who is so like-minded towards myself and Emma uh, so I hope you guys haven't missed Emma too much I know that we have um but the good news is she is back on the next episode <laughs> um so it's uh it's it's just the one one from me um the last episode that we did uh I had a terrible bout of morning sickness so actually um we've just taken it in terms done a little bit of a swap um but yeah I want to say congratulations again to lovely Emma on the birth of Monty her beautiful little boy um and I know that she's enjoying mummyhood Uh, and I want to say a huge thank you Liv for being part of this discussion uh and for helping me along with this podcast today could could literally could not have done it without you um (laughs) and it was great to hear more about the visible platform and learn a lot more and I hope that you guys have learned a lot more as well um so before we sign off Liv do you want to just remind everyone how they can find visible platform um where they can find you on social media Uh, as Jess said at the beginning our website is www.visibleplatform.org um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter um, at Visible Platform. Um, we will send, um, there's some spelling, some with like the A, some with, you know, um, so I will post all the links um, and you, yeah, our, all our socials are on our website anyway, so you can find us there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so, so much, Liv. I've had a brilliant time. It's been great putting the worlds to right with you. And well, any time, any time at all, <laughs> you're more than welcome. On. I've had such a lovely time. Um, so yeah, thank you for being a wonderful guest. And hopefully in the not too distant future, we can maybe get you on again and we can um, tell the listeners about all the great new things that will be happening at Visible yeah. Platform, uh, which I can't wait to see myself. Thanks, Jess. See you soon. Bye.